Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Gus, you sound very different because you are not Gus. Yeah. <laughs> Indeed not Gus. We, we have an impersonator in the house, uh, but we know this guy and his name is Amir. Uh, Hi, guys. Yeah, and uh, uh, he will be kind of, I think, replacing Gus because probably he overslept. Uh, I, I, I think that's the best thing that, you know, can happen. You get some sleep that you really need instead of, you know, doing all of those spaces. Yeah. Uh, so if Gus wakes up sometime during the next hour, uh, he might join. And if not, we will uh, continue talking about uh, things that are of great interest for everyone in our fine community. And uh, <clears throat> today we're going to talk about money and numbers. And uh, uh, I, actually, I think it's very fortunate that Amir is here because... Uh, he will uh, also tell us about uh, all kind of financial details. But wait, let's wait for a few moments for more people to join. Um, yeah. Uh, so yeah. So we have a long list uh, of topics to cover. Um, we will, as I said, start with a question. Uh, as somebody in the community put it, "How broke are we?" <laughs> So yeah, um, that's going to be the first uh, issue to address. And then we have a lot of uh, additional topics. Let me go over the list here. Okay. Um, great. One second. Before you uh, start getting like really into it, when you do start, yeah, uh, I just wanted to, to, to say something about the funding. Whenever you're ready to start this thing off, yeah, funding. So the first topic today is funding. Okay. So let's start with. Uh, some numbers. Wait a second, I just want to open my records here um, and get all the sus suspense out of the way. And then we will talk about what we can do with those numbers and what we're going to do. Okay. So the BIM Foundation has uh, 2 million BIMs. 1 million, and I'm doing my best Dr. Evil impression here, 1 million BIMs is already matured and the other million is going to be maturing slowly over the course of this year, 2023, at a rate of about 70,000 BIM per month. So this is kind of the BIM number. Now, before you go uh, and calculate in your head how uh, little actual US dollars that is, um, let's point a couple of additional uh, things that are important. So first of all, uh, as you know, team members of, of BIM have uh, additional allocations, which are their personal allocations. But that means that they also have a vested interest in you know, success of BIM and seeing price of BIM go up. Um, so this means that BIM team is going to be uh, like really interested and uh, aligned in terms of like 
you know, wanting to increase beam price and the overall success of the project over the next year. And this is important to, to mention. Now, um, as of now, in terms of uh, uh, kind of ongoing work, uh, we continue as planned. So all of the items that were mentioned in the roadmap are on track and are going to be delivered as soon as possible, obviously, during the course of this year. Um, now, in addition to that, we also have BMX. So BMX does not have a price yet, but uh, it will once we launch the decks. And uh, in addition to uh, kind of the BMX allocation that was already distributed to the investors, uh, it's important to remember that we only distributed about half. Uh, I don't remember, it was like nine and a half percent, right, I mean, of, of BIM allocation. Correct. Which means that we... BMX allocation. BMX allocation, I'm sorry. Uh, which means that we have additional 10.5% of BMX allocation from the original uh, kind of portion that was allocated to investors in the first place. Uh, which were not yet sold to investors. And that means that if we do come up with a good story and good um, kind of, uh, you know, ideas, we can still raise more funds using this unallocated BMAX. Obviously, one of the things that should happen for this to be uh, feasible is uh, what a lot of uh, community members talked about, Jatiraski uh, specifically, very recently, is uh, to show that the uh, BMAX has actual utility. So we have a, a clear alignment of interest on that front to show that BMAX is actually uh, you know, useful, uh, not only for governance, as we said, but also for profit sharing and uh, as many other things as possible. And that will make it attractive to kind of future investors. Now, uh, yeah. I would, also, I would also add that about the BMAX allocation, the DAO itself also have a dedicated allocation which, uh, of course, we do not control, and the DAO will vote upon how to use those BMXs. So it's not ending with the what allocated to future investors. Yeah. So uh, additional thing that uh, we're going to do uh, over the next, I think, months or so, we are going to move all of these funds, all of the funds that, that we have in BIM, that the BIM Foundation had in BIM, into a DAO contract. So that, first of all, we have from now on complete transparency on where these funds are and how they're used. And they're going to be used only through uh, on-chain voting mechanism. So uh, it, will, it means that we will uh, you know, take all of the already matured BIM allocation and move it into a transparent contract. And also, whenever a new portion of uh, BIM is uh, maturing every month, uh, we will also move it immediately into the contract. So this is going to uh, remove all of these questions like where or how much we have uh, and where these beam are uh, going forward. I think it's very important, uh, not just for transparency, but also to uh, make this important next step into the DAO governance. So, you know, we will see how much we have in terms of beam and uh, how much we need to allocate for different uh, bounties or any other activities. Now, uh, in addition to these funds, there, there are also some amounts that are used for um, maintenance of infrastructure components, which means uh, bootstrap servers, uh, GitHub accounts, uh, 
they're minimal. Like we, we try to minimize our uh, you know expenditures there, obviously, uh, but there are still uh, some payments that we need to make in US dollars for uh, you know uh, various providers of services, and those are covered for the next at least two years, right? Outside of the sums that I have mentioned, we also have covered uh, the infrastructure for for a foreseeable future. I would say. Um, what else is important? Um, do you have any questions so far? Yeah, I, I uh, actually got a, a couple of things that I wanted to um, say. I, I'm not sure if you guys looked at the Discord or not, but ETC uh, Co-op is doing the first rounds of grants. Mm -hmm. And the reason why I bring this up, because you, you, know, you guys already know I'm a diehard ETC fan because it's the original Ethereum machine, virtual machine. Mm -hmm. uh, but there's uh, right now, being a lot of funds is being poured into ethereum classic ecosystem to kind of grow it because it's you know it's it's been it, nobody's been developing on it but i think we're going to see a lot of uh, changes here coming soon considering it's the last remaining uh pow version of ethereum or the you know the eth chain not we're not talking about clones like bnb and stuff like that i'm talking about the original ethereum chain so mm -hmm. there's going to be a lot of funds uh, pouring into it. A lot of teams, there's actually already eight teams have already uh, signed up for the, 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 the grant um, application. So the reason why I bring this up is, number one, there's many, many, many ETC guys who are looking for a privacy vessel. Why? Let's say I want to, my wallet got compromised and I just simply want to move my funds without being tracked to a new wallet and you know bridging beam would add that capability number two there's absolutely zero privacy projects on ethereum classic number three this would get a lot of people looking at beam you guys would not only make history by releasing the first mainnet of mimblewimble you guys would make history by introducing be the first project to introduce privacy to ethereum classic and let me tell you there's a lot of uh, uh beamers in the ethereum classic community so i really i would highly encourage uh beam team to apply for a grant uh there's people applying up to like two hundred fifty thousand uh, dollars just to develop you know, to to work on etc so you're working you're 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 working in, in trying to bridge to ethereum you're not making off of that here you can get proper funding and work um, <clears throat> to bridge onto a chain which is about to flourish and it's about you know, money is about institutional money is about to start pouring. There's a lot of uh, institutions that are actually um, are getting involved with ETC right now, and and the volume has been pretty much saying it all. If you have been looking at how much volume ETC does every single day, it is one of the top ten when it comes to volume alone. So I think this would really kind of put Beam on the map as being the first to bring privacy to us. Um, and then the second thing I wanted to mention, there was a gentleman, uh, or maybe it was a lady, but I think it was a gentleman in uh, <clears throat> Discord. And I'm not sure if that's something that you guys can do or uh, if it's, uh, if, even if it's, I don't know if it's a fix or error, but he mentioned that, um, he said, kind of said that Beam node does not have the regular RPC API, just like Beam Wallet APIs. So he was struggling. Um, yeah, in the mining yeah. channel. I don't know. I don't know if you guys could 
somehow address that as well. And that's the only thing yeah. I really want to say. Yeah, okay. So uh, let's start with the first. Uh, I, I think it's a great idea, and we will definitely do that. I mean, like for sure. Um, and going like a little bit uh, kind of running forward to uh, the part of, you know, what we are doing right now, uh, but I think it's very relevant to mention it. So in addition to bridges, which is obviously um, a way of mo moving liquidity between chains, one of the things that we're currently working on uh, is um, uh, really developing this idea that we had of making um, users of MetaMask uh, able to work with Beam Network. Uh, so initially, it was a kind of a proof of concept, uh, something relatively simple that um, we put together, and it was not uh, usable in uh, kind of more uh, you know production uh, level environments. Uh, but now, what we're doing is uh, actually setting it up as a complete and uh, uh, you know production mainnet ready service. Uh, acting like an infuser of sorts, which is how MetaMask works with uh, Ethereum and other networks. And so it means that people who are uh, using Ethereum Classic today and use MetaMask for that will be able to get these privacy-enabled applications uh, using the same interface, similar to them, and uh, obviously will uh, make the adoption uh, and the learning curve cycles much, uh, you know, easier and uh, uh, I think it will greatly improve the chances of people actually doing something with Beam. So it's kind of, uh, yeah, we, we do things in this direction. Uh, we didn't think about ETC and I, I, great, like, uh, thank you very much for, for bringing this up. Uh, we will definitely apply to those grants and even more importantly than grants, uh, if you know people who are uh, working on, like, on ETC on those projects that we can uh, talk with, consult with, maybe understand a little bit more uh, like what what they had in mind, people who are interested in privacy and are also uh, strong with ETC community uh, will definitely also be very useful. Um, yeah, I think it's a great idea, and we will definitely uh, investigate that. Yeah, I just think um, it would be. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, sure. The, you, you go ahead. No, it's just the re like the reason why I bring this up is just because there there is it's not just the fact that there's going to be a lot of development happening. I just think that Beam has this opportunity, and it's a very rare opportunity. You think about Ethereum, right? There's already privacy projects here and privacy projects there. There's a shit ton of ARC20 tokens. So you, you, know, you, you pour, in, pour in all this work, and you're going to end up in an ocean of shit tokens, right? Now, you yeah. do this on ETC, not only you're going to be the, the first, you're going to be unique to ETC, and then also, you're, you're not going to be lost. It's like, who's Beam, right? Now, Beam is, you know, it's, it's going to be the only one that's bringing us privacy. So I really think that Beam has an opportunity and a chance to make a history here. So I really do hope you guys apply. We, we, we sure will. Uh, I totally agree. Um, okay, uh, just a quick remark regarding the second question about the uh, RPC API. So the reason the Beam node does not have a... Uh, let's say a traditional uh, or kind of uh, the, the RPC that uh, people are used to in Ethereum is because you can hardly do anything with Beam Node without, without having a wallet since everything needs um, an access 
to your keys in some way. And in fact, uh, the API wallet is actually kind of the API for the node as well, right? So it's um, the, kind of the same ideas, only they are packaged uh, slightly differently. And the reason for that is for most operations, you need your secrets and the secrets are stored in the wallet. And if this person has any kind of um, you know specific difficulties, I would gladly, uh, you know, talk directly. Just direct them to me, and uh, uh, I will uh, kind of, uh, you know, happily either help myself or, uh, you know, direct to some team member who can help with the specific needs. Keys, uh, you know, there was a question in the mining channel on Discord. If you, whenever you get time. Yeah, uh, sure. We will, we will find it. Um, okay, just uh, moving on. We we have another speaker quest. Right from Tinfoil, Amir, can you approve? Oh, maybe I can. Oh, I already did actually. Yeah, yeah. Hi, guys. I uh, really happy to join you again. Like, after a long time, sorry, I was banned from Twitter for some reason. I don't know why, <laughs> anyways. So, uh, just uh, like first of all, I would like to start by saying, like, I'm really disappointed with the Binance decision. Like, that's crazy. Like, they listed Beam as like you know the privacy king, and I really don't understand. Like, can you explain a little bit why Mimblewimble didn't catch up? It was like the biggest ever hype in 2019. Like, like what happened? Like, it's I, I'm trying to find answers, couldn't find any. Yeah, it, it's it's a good question. Uh, I, I will kind of uh, try to uh, you know give my version of events uh, and. Um, uh, you know, obviously, my personal opinion may may, may vary from opinion of, of other people. Um, back in 2019, uh, there were several things that were happening. First of all, if you remember, it was a crypto winter of it of its own, the previous one. And uh, when we launched uh, alongside Green in January 2019, there were actually quite few launches uh, of level uh, layer one pro projects at that time. So that's the first reason that Mimblewimble captured uh, a lot of attention initially. The second reason was that there were a lot of uh, uh, money kind of being behind mining green back in the day. Uh, like large organizations wanted to mine green. And the release of Beam, uh, I think, spoiled this, this effect a little bit, uh, separated the communities, and uh, it did not pan out like uh, as you know, as they hoped it would. But that's what generated the initial attention. After that, what happened is, uh, so the bear market continued for a while, and then it was replaced by a huge bull market, as you know. But back then, uh, the focus already shifted from kind of just a transaction blockchains to DeFi at first, and then NFT. So we had a few shifts of focus in terms of like the hottest new thing, the hype, that something that everybody follows. And um, at that point, they established communities like Monero, uh, especially like Zcash a little bit. Um, they had enough traction because they were kind of born before 2017. 2017 was the boom of all those different layer one projects. Uh, and um, they sustained their sites, well, most of it at least. And uh, they actually, the Monero did really well uh, also during the last uh, bear market as well. Uh, which is great. And um, Beam, uh, despite it being you know, uh, very active in development of uh, new features and new functionalities, 
uh, did not manage to, to kind of climb that hill of uh, you know awareness, uh, neither in like uh, size of active users, uh, even though it did increase, but it was never like explosive, uh, nor in the price. So that's I think what what kind of happened. It was. Uh, uh, combination of many factors. One is that we were not uh, dedicating enough resources to marketing. Uh, we did not use a lot of the tactics of other projects, like we were not mm -hmm. sponsored by large organizations. We didn't do any, uh, you know, uh, scammy things or promising 20% return on anything. So <laughs> we, we, we were kind of, yeah, uh, you know, everything has its like upsides and downsides. Um, so, yeah. And this uh, was kind of the situation, yeah. And uh, the other question I had, like, what, like, uh, like I have been, like, you know, like, following Beam, but like, I, I couldn't find a like satisfactory answer for what happened to Beamax right now. Like, it, it's not even on exchanges yet, and like, I was like, are we a little slower in development, or like, maybe like, is there a funding issue? Like, we can do something about that. Like, you know, maybe like I don't know, like. Uh, can you explain just a little bit on that? Yeah. So the BMX, uh, the, the BMX, uh, since it was uh, officially launched, um, it had, uh, I, I would say, kind of two, two, two periods or three periods, depending on how you count. So in, initially, what we have done, we have uh, done this um, uh, risk-free uh, staking. Uh, people locked uh, their beam and uh, you know, for, for a limited amount of time uh, and got yield in BMAX and then uh, got their beam back. So it was locked for a time and then uh, it was uh, made available again. So it was kind of risk-free. There was no, um, you know, beam taken for that. And uh, during this period, we have distributed 1% of uh, BMAX allocation, which is 1 million beam. And then the idea was uh, to kind of move forward in two steps. The first step is the uh, governance. Uh, so we did create a voting contract. We have never used it once, uh, but it is there and it's working and the epochs keep ticking. So the idea was that, uh, let's say we are moving slowly to the DAO structure and uh, uh, during this uh, transition, we are uh, raising questions to be voted on on chain and uh, whoever holds uh, these tokens uh, can participate in the voting process. And the third portion of that roadmap is uh, the distribution of rewards uh, generated by the applications uh, that are um, uh, part of the BIM DAO, right? So for example, of such application is BANS. Uh, whenever somebody uh, purchases a BANS name, uh, the funds are uh, go go all the funds for for this purchase go to the Dallas Treasury, and out of this treasury, it will be uh, allocated to Bmax holders uh, using periodic voting process during which uh, we can determine which part of the uh, Bmax uh, I'm sorry of Beam accumulated in the vault we want to distribute as kind of dividend, which part we want to keep for like stability pools or or whatever. So we can actually decide what what to do. Uh, with these funds as a DAO. So these are the three steps, right? Um, the promotional staking, then the governance part, and then the uh, kind of uh, participation in the DAO profits. Um, so we did the first one. We did the second one, like we implemented the second one, but we didn't use it properly. We didn't do any kind of you know ongoing decision-making using BMAX. 
Uh, and then what happened is that we did release uh, just one application that used, uh, that was kind of accumulating funds in the Dow Treasury. Uh, and then we got kind of delayed in releasing all the others. And so in terms of like what we need to do, uh, you know, now in the near future, obviously uh, coming months is to complete these missing parts of the roadmap, okay? So first of all, once we move uh, all the beam into the Dow Treasury, uh, it will create a significant, uh, relatively significant amount of funds. So it will be much more transparent and much more relevant, uh, you know, to talk about, I don't know, bounty allocations and other things. And also we will complete um, all the uh, rest of the applications, uh, the decks and the bridges, both of which are generating profits for, for the Dow Treasury. Um, another, by the way, uh, application that is going to generate uh, similar profits is Nifrit, and uh, a lot of people in the community asked uh, about the update on Nifrit, uh, which is developed by a separate team. So uh, Nifrit, they had um, uh, they had some technical delays, but now they're going back on track, and uh, they hope to release uh, uh, the version for. Um, uh, Dubnet and then mainnet in the coming, uh, I don't know, three or four weeks. So we, they are moving forward now, which is great news, I think. Sounds great. Yeah. Yeah. So this is actually uh, the, the BMX story. Okay. Now, in addition to, uh, so first of all, once, uh, once we have uh, uh, launched the DEX, uh, it, it will be mm -hmm. tradable internally. Uh, right now, it's tradable through uh, asset swaps. Regarding the listings on centralized exchanges, now what's happened, uh, and here I, I, I think Amir will provide more details. Uh, in the bear market as right now, obviously for a relatively small project like Beam, uh, all of the exchanges that are frequently mentioned in, in our community groups, KuCoin, uh, like what else, um, they all uh, demand uh, uh, relatively high listing fees, right Amir? Indeed, indeed. So uh, yeah, yeah, we are we are we are not idle in this front. We are seeing and talking to exchanges. Also, we saw a lot of people in the community recently uh, complaining about the lack of U.S. Uh, support. We see it. We feel it. Uh, we see also in the analytics, even in the spaces, the website, like the I would say, big portion of Beam community comes from the U.S. and we don't have a good. Uh, solution for it now uh, in terms of centralized exchanges. I, I do think that uh, once we will uh, do the two-sided bridge and you can take your Beam, wrap them as ERC20 and BeamX as ERC20, then you can trade it on SushiSwap, Uniswap, wherever. And that's going to solve some of the pain. I still think that uh, we do need um, a better solution for you as person. And we are working on that. We are talking to exchanges and as Romano mentioned the listing fee are usually quite high as well yep. as the, all the surrounding documents that they do require yeah and so a beam is like a, actually is it like you know like the I think it's financed by like the treasury beam treasury right yeah all righty yeah so like uh, yeah that's uh, yeah and especially after the price dips like the it affects the treasury as well, right? Like, so it might be a little hard to like, you know, get listed on like BitPhoenix or like, you know, like exchanges that kind of yeah, matter, right? 
Yeah, the, the, here is exactly the point. Uh, th there are two components uh, to, to listing on large exchanges. The first one is money, like purely like the price that you need to pay. But even uh, if we put that aside, uh, there is demand for KYC from all project members. Like, they, they won't just list a project which is, I don't know, trying to be decentralized. They really want, you know, personal responsibility and uh, uh, they want security deposits and, uh, you know, if something happens, they, they, they take it. So there is a lot of kind of additional procedures. Uh, it's not just like, uh, you know, pay and go. Uh, it's actually a process that requires uh, quite a lot of legal, uh, I don't know, the, the register, the, the entity should be registered somewhere. Like uh, somebody needs to sign those papers with uh, official, uh, uh, you know, uh, official representative of the project, right? So. Uh, decentralized projects are always uh, problematic in this regard. So let, let's say if Bitcoin was less successful I think in terms of you know its performance, it would have a hard time being listed. Uh, that's why green is not listed uh, almost anywhere like in big exchanges because there is no one there to sign for the for these papers. No. So yeah, it's like it's not simple. Um, but, but what what will definitely happen, as Amir said, in addition uh, to uh, having our own DEX and you know bringing liquidity uh, from Ethereum to Beam, we will also wrap Beam and Bmax as ERC20 tokens, so they will be tradable uh, on existing exchanges there. And uh, uh, the listing on you know first of all like the listing on I would say more friendly exchanges like Gate uh, and and probably others are definitely possible for Bmax. Uh, I, I, I'm not sure like if any kind of larger exchanges will pick us up anytime soon, but you know, once again, that's a question of uh, uh, demand and performance, right? So uh, it's kind of um, work in progress. Um, <laughs> so yeah, one of the things that I think will help um, Beam adoption and also Beam integration with exchanges, uh, interestingly enough, is the work that was uh, done by uh, Vladi, uh, who is actually here with us, uh, on integrating the Ledger wallet, uh, Ledger hardware wallet. And um, the reason is it's becoming important because as you know, uh, exchanges now, especially the larger exchanges, uh, in addition to kind of standard security requirements, they're also required to provide uh, regular proofs of funds, proofs of their holdings, right? And, um, uh, auditing companies, the companies that uh, provide auditing services for the exchanges, they demand a very specific uh, level of like how the keys are held and managed. Uh, and I think the ledger integration, in addition to being very useful to regular BIM users, uh, is also going to help us in this regard. Uh, one of the last topics of conversation uh, with Binance, like before uh, they delisted us, and actually even after, uh, was the ledger integration. It was very important for them to make sure that they could keep uh, the keys on, on, on ledger hardware wallets. Uh, and I think most of this comes from regulatory uh, pressure on you know, uh, having proper protocols. And thanks to Vladi, uh, kudos and many thanks, we actually made this happen. Uh, it was uh, a very difficult task of squeezing all of the Mimblewimble magic into a very, very small uh, device in terms of memory and processing power, but yeah, Vladi did it. Uh, it. It's amazing, and even he managed to integrate the installation process for the application that you need uh, to use Beam on Ledger into our CLI wallet. So for Beam users right now, 
like it's super simple one-step process just you know run hardware wallet in it and uh, uh, you can set it up uh, without any hassle once again Vladi, thanks a lot and great job um okay before we move on um a couple of questions here um so one was about um uh, sbbs addresses uh, uh yeah and um why do we have like long ones and short ones and why the long ones do not you know uh, fit into into most exchanges and, and stuff like that um yeah, so the, the problem that uh, when we have added more transaction types, uh, Linux transactions, offline transactions, and max privacy, like all that, uh, we uh, had to keep uh, backward compatibility uh, in order to avoid problems with exchanges because we knew that many exchanges are um, not responsive enough. Like when you are doing a hard fork, uh, it's fine to update the, the binaries, the node binaries, but uh, it's another thing to fix the front ends that are doing the address validation. And uh, we were always scared that something, you know, is going to go wrong and then people will not be able to deposit or withdraw with certain exchanges. So we always kept this um, backwards compatibility option to use the old SDBS address, which was only uh, usable for uh, uh, online transactions. Uh, now, obviously, one of the exchanges that we were most scared about was Binance. Uh, now that it's not a problem, <laughs> uh, we will probably uh, reorganize that during the next hard fork, and we will uh, uh, fix these uh, various addressing issues that we have accumulated during the long period of development of different features. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a great question. It's very... Um, messy and you know very confusing uh, especially at first especially for users who are coming from uh, kind of more conventional addressing schemes of what that even means um one interesting point about um like the importance of uh, actually organizing this issue is that we have uh now that you're using hardware wallet you have basically two uh, different entities you have the sender and the receiver that the actual, I don't know, wallets that are sending and receiving, and you also have the how the message is sent. And SBBS is, after all, merely a tra transaction uh, kind of middleware that sends messages between the wallets. But what is important is that the person that you expect is actually signing the message on the other side. Uh, and we have uh, long implemented support for that. At first, we called it Wallet ID. It was kind of a bad name because Im immediately uh, the word ID raised the uh, concerns of, you know, identity, identity and tracking and all that. Uh, we, we were trying to find a better word for that, but the point remains that you have a signature of the wallet, and in hardware wallet, this is uh, especially clear because it's a different device doing the signing. When it's all happening in the same wallet, it's kind of uh, part of the same process. But now you have to explicitly confirm the signature on the hardware wallet, and then the SBBS is just a mechanism that sends the message and receives the message from your uh, peer to whom you are sending the funds. So we'll definitely have to organize that and uh, uh, you know make it much more structured, uh, remove all kinds of redundancies there, and uh, clarify this uh, addressing scheme. Okay. 
Any more questions before we move on? Uh, no. Uh, is there a way to like you know? I uh, know you don't have to show it, but like, is there a way to like some address to? No, oh, yeah, but Beam doesn't have addresses, right? To see like you know how much Treasury has, like you know how long they can last, or like you know, do they need donations yeah. or how is? Yeah. So uh, I, I mentioned this in the beginning of, of the call, and I will gladly repeat it again. We are going to move all the uh, available Beam from a Treasury into a uh, transparent smart contract uh, managed by the DAO. Wonderful. So all, yeah, all of the BIM will be uh, in, in a contract that uh, uh, like anyone will be able to see exactly how much is there. Uh, and as I mentioned, there are two parts uh, to, the, to the treasury, the part that is already vested and is available uh, to be transacted with. And then there are uh, additional uh, kind of payments, not payments, uh, like additional uh, portions like being uh, unfrozen every month, being made available because it has a vesting schedule like everybody else. Uh, and once this uh, amount uh, is uh, vested, it will be immediately transferred to the same contract. And from there, it will be distributed during the, uh, like using the on-chain voting mechanism to whatever, uh, you know, bounties or whatever causes that uh, uh, we need. So, yeah. Yeah, and final question, just a quick one. Like, I know you don't have to tell me this, but like, just asking, uh, like, so how much beam does the team has vested and invested? Like, if you can, like, if you have an idea or if there is a number? Uh, yeah, the, there is a, the, the original pile location, right? So we have it somewhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, the emission is public. Of course, without names and who gets what, but the team allocation is public. And let me drop it in the main chat or in the suite, actually. Just give me a second. Oh, thank you very much. Like you guys are like kind of very transparent for a privacy company. No, just kidding. <laughs> uh, no, it, it's it's more about um, uh, the original kind of uh, I don't know how to call it. Uh, you know, a schedule or agreement that we had, like in terms of the emission. Uh, and uh, so, just you know, for for people who are maybe new uh, or you know not familiar with this, um, when we started the project, we had several options to how to get funded. Uh, ICO was basically all the uh, boom and you know the most common way to get funded. The problem with ICO is that you get all the money up front, and then you just go to Brazil or somewhere you know non-extradition country, and you don't <laughs> worry about anything anymore. You already did your, your exit and, you know, why would you even work? Uh, and that's what, unfortunately, a lot of people did. So we didn't want to um, to go this way. What we wanted to do is to create a uh, long-term uh, alignment of interests of all the involved parties. And the involved parties actually are uh, the original investors that put uh, uh, the money into the project in the beginning. Beam raised about $6 million back, back then in 2018. Hmm. Uh, yeah, uh, uh, way way too little, by the way. Like a uh, small piece of advice: if if you're going to raise, raise more. Um, yeah, <laughs> uh, but uh, uh, yeah, th th there was a part going to the team, uh, which was coded in in the treasury, and uh, the largest allocation went to the Beam Foundation. So uh, the vesting started immediately from the first mine block, uh, and it opens in a monthly. Uh, uh, monthly batches, um, and uh, 
the idea was that uh, we have like initial amount of money uh, that we got from investors to the, set it up. And then we needed to get to a BIM price that will be sufficient for the BIM Foundation uh, to, to move it forward. Uh, and for a while, it was like it was never actually, uh, you know, covering all of the expenses uh, per se. Even when the BIM price was like $1, we always needed like a little bit more because the team was large. We did like not large. The team was uh, large enough and we did a lot of projects and we didn't want to uh, kind of sacrifice the ability of doing a lot of different things and, you know, moving forward in many directions, uh, which I'm glad we did because uh, uh, along the way, like, for example, the fact that we implemented uh, Lilantus, uh, by the way, this is also funny, <laughs> a funny story, because the reason we implemented Lilantus was because of that article uh, by Ivan Bugatti, who said that, you know, Mimble Wimble can be easily, uh, you know, traced, uh, which is total bullshit. Uh, but we didn't want to leave even this tiny kind of you know possibility to chance. So we said no problem. Like Bimble Wimble is traceable. We will add Lilanto's shielded pool, which will completely remove this problem. So we did. And then using the technology that we developed through uh, during implementation of Lilanthus, we implemented the smart contracts. Uh, so paradoxically, from one perspective, this article did a lot of damage. Uh, to Mimble Wimble uh, protocol, not just for us, but also, for example, for uh, Litecoin, uh, yeah, green, Litecoin, Mimble Wimble extension blocks, like all of this. Uh, but on the other hand, it motivated us to add Lilantus, which in turn allowed us uh, to create smart contracts. So, yeah, there's always uh, something good and something, you know, bad. Um, uh, so, yeah, but um, uh, at current prices, like, obviously, it, it does not sustain, like, two too much development time, uh, but it did allow us to create long, long-term kind of um, alignment of interest, right? So when we closed the company, initially BIM was a company, we closed the company, we transitioned to BIM Foundation uh, about after about, what, two years, something like that. And uh, the BIM three Foundation years. was three years, yeah. Uh, the BIM Foundation was a um, non-profit registered uh, uh, in Singapore with a completely separate board of directors. And, like, us project like team members were not on board of this foundation and the, the foundation uh, governed this um, uh, you know the, the, the protocol in like strategic manner like every three months uh, there was a kind of roadmap proposition and then it was approved and the money was allocated uh, and the, the next stage is moving to DAO right so we started it like about a year ago uh, with the creation of the DAO contract and uh, the BMAX token and uh, now we're in the stage that we are moving all of the remaining funds from the foundation. The foundation relinquishes the uh, kind of this uh, uh, economic, you know, part of, of, of this process. Uh, and as a result, all of the decision making will uh, will move through them, including the funding of specific activities. Yeah, sounds great. Sounds great. Uh, answers my question. Thanks, man. Yeah, uh, so uh, it, it, I do admit that that it's moving like uh, slower than we would we would want to, uh, but the good thing here is that it is moving and it's working, and uh, eventually we will get there, right? So uh, it's also important to note that the five years uh, of treasury treasury only lasts for five years, right? Yeah, uh, this twenty percent mining reward that goes to the treasury, and. Um, it expires at the end of this year, right? So this is the last year of the treasury. 
And it's also happening now, right? That's a good thing. Like it's gonna have next year. Yes, January. and it's yes, and it's going to have, right? Uh, so it's kind of this constellation of events. And the question is where we're going to be in terms of the two things: the market price, obviously, because you know bull market is obviously better than bear market. <laughs> but much more importantly, is in my opinion where we're going to be. Uh, in terms of uh, adoption and product market fit. And uh, this is one of the things that we uh, constantly think about. Um, and I would like to separate this into kind of two parts. The first part is the roadmap that we have announced that we're, that we're working on. And uh, in addition to all of the applications that we talked about way too many times, uh, like the decks and the bridges and all that, uh, there are two kind of parts um, to this puzzle, which are more strategic. One is the EVM integration, uh, which Vladi, our, our resident genius, is also working on. And it will also happen at some point, uh, and it will require hard fork. The Beam 8 will be that hard fork to enable this functionality. Yeah. It's very important for two reasons. First of all, uh, EVM has become a kind of standard de facto in terms of uh, the virtual machine that you know developers go to to, to implement contracts. Uh, even today, they can be deployed on Ethereum, Ethereum Classic, on, uh, I don't know, Binance Smart Chain, on Polygon, and many others. So it's important to have this ability. And also in terms of uh, moving existing applications, right? So these ecosystems have uh, developed um, large, you know, and the varied families of applications that uh, can be just uh, easier ported than uh, rewritten. Now, the second part is integration with um, MetaMask and other kind of Ethereum, uh, not just like Ethereum, but uh, wallets that you know um, are more popular and uh, can provide like the, uh, access to more and more users, right? So these these things are happening, no matter what. Now the second part is things that we are kind of discussing and thinking and evaluating uh, in terms of what we can do to, to kind of you know, grab uh, a better market share during this year. And these questions are actually more, I would say, um, you know, less, less uh, clear or less like well-defined. Um, my, my personal opinion is that we're currently right now, I think in, in, in the middle, we're between heights, right? We were, uh, after uh, NFT hype, uh, at the end of the zero knowledge rollups hype, and like we're kind of waiting for the next thing to happen. And I don't know what it's going to be. Uh, so this is kind of the situation. And um, what we would like to do is we would like, for example, just like the idea of providing privacy for uh, Ethereum Classic, it's a great idea, right? So this is the kind of thing that can actually um, work for us, put us on the map uh, in a much better way. So these are the types of the ideas that we're looking for. Now, in terms of the possibilities, because of the fact that for the last four years we have been developing immense amount of infrastructure components, there are really very little like things that we cannot do, right? Uh, we have smart contracts, we have IPFS integration, we have atomic swaps, uh, we have integration with other blockchains and we have bridges. Uh, so we have a lot of components. We have this SBBS that the wallets use to communicate. Uh, so we can think about like layer two, 
uh, applications, right? So we can think about a lot of different things. And what we, uh, what we need is to only find one. We need to find one like uh, promising direction uh, because obviously we cannot, definitely not with this amount of funds, we cannot do everything at once like we used to. We need to focus and we uh, need to find a good direction to focus on. So in addition to all of the things that we mentioned in the roadmap, this is currently the, I would say, top priority and the most focus uh, that we as a, you know, as a team, as a project uh, are working on. Yeah, I think uh, bridging to ETC, like you mentioned, is like kind of the go-to route in my opinion, because if you think about it, it's not just bridging ETC. ETC has its own DeFi system too, and they have their own tokens and everything else. And sometimes, you know, people, they just want to trade. They can utilize the Beam Dex. If they can just wrap their tokens and trade it on the Beam Dex and then send it back to a whole new address and nobody knows their trades. I mean, people are looking for these type of vessels, you know, and Beam has all of that stuff. It has its own DeFi system. So it's, you're kind of merging the two ecosystems together while ETC is growing, Beam will grow too, you know, and one will kind of support the other and the, you know, they both will support each other, I think, in my opinion. And uh, <clears throat> considering that people are just now starting to wake up that ETC is actually the original Ethereum chain and the original EVM, uh, it, it, there's only, I, I can only see it going up. I, I don't, you know, it, it's, it's only, it can only grow. That's all. Sure. No, I, I mean, we, we definitely will. Um, yeah, listen, so um, we're kind of, uh, uh, even though we started uh, relatively later, uh, we're approaching the hour. So let me just uh, quickly recap once again uh, what we have been talking about in terms of, uh, you know, uh, starting with the funding. So as I said, uh, Beam Foundation currently has about 2 million Beam in, in Beam form, uh, 1 million out of which is already vested and the other million will be vested throughout this year. This year will be the last year of the Treasury and there will be a, a halving on January 3rd, 2024. So all of these funds will be moved into a DAO-governed contract which will trans be transparent and we will show on the blockchain uh, the amount of beam left in the treasury. Now it's the DAO treasury uh, at each time. And these funds will be uh, used uh, for all purposes of whether it's uh, bounties or any other expenses and the process will be governed by on-chain voting. Now, we do have in addition to that enough funds to in US dollar form to cover the infrastructure costs for the next two years, uh, which includes the GitHub accounts, the uh, Amazon servers that currently hold our bootstrap nodes, uh, and uh, all the rest of the kind of, you know, DNSs, domains, whatever, the website, downloads, S3, whatever that is required to, to keep the project operational. That's the second part. The third part is the, in terms of the roadmap. We will deliver all of the immediate things that are currently being worked on. And in addition to that, we are currently working on two strategic items. One of them is the EVM integration. And the second one is support for MetaMask wallets to be able to work with Beam Network. And the last one is that we are currently in active search of more kind of strategic directions, uh, integration with ETC being one of them, and others that will allow us to find our place uh, in 
this year, 2023, and uh, hopefully enjoy the next bull market with a clear kind of goal and market fit, you know, that we deserve. That's about it. Alex, there are a few more uh, questions from Discord, actually. Go. Um, maybe we can try answer them uh, promptly. So the first one is, um, do we have an update regarding the bridges or the BAM release? Uh, okay, so uh, the bridges are in the process of being released to mainnet, right? So uh, I think the Ethereum contracts are already up, uh, BIM contracts as well. Uh, right now we're finalizing some uh, UI issues uh, and uh, uh, yeah, it's like final stages of release. Um, <clears throat> that's, uh, that's about the bridges. The BAM is going to be released uh, with the next wallet update. It will include uh, the hardware wallet integration, obviously, that we talked about uh, in addition. Um, not exactly sure when it will happen because it requires QA effort. And right now, uh, most of the QA is going to the release of upcoming applications. Uh, the DEX is going to be released to DAPnet. I really hope in the beginning of next week, there are only minor, minor there are only UI issues remaining, right? Polishing the screens, making them like more pretty. In terms of functionality, everything was implemented already and uh, mostly tested. Uh, the same goes for scam, uh, which is not going to be called scam, but the asset minter. The asset minter is also implemented at working, and it's only uh, waiting on some uh, cosmetics, right? So without committing to specific dates, I really, really hope that the next week most of them will be out. And obviously, we will uh, announce it beforehand, right? We will we'll make it ready. Uh, you know, <laughs> qu quite upfront, I would like to tell you, uh, when the bridges are up, please don't go crazy. I know it's a weird thing to say to crypto people, but please don't go crazy, right? Like when the bridges are up, uh, we will tell you in advance and we will warn you five times, start with small amounts, uh, you know, let, let, let it work. Let, let it be, uh, let, let it breathe. <laughs> uh, because I see like people moving like millions of dollars at the moment. No, please don't do that. Start small, let's see that if everything is working properly. Uh, don't take too many risks. Uh, not because I'm not sure in the, in the tech, because, you know, things happen. Uh, don't want to be responsible. Let's start slow. It will be better for all of us. Uh, bridges are always uh, sensitive things. In, in short, if you post it, it should be very soon. There are a yeah. few more stuff that I can actually address. One of them is the request to upload spaces to YouTube again. It's happening. What happened is one of the spaces was not recorded, so it was, of course, not uploaded. And we missed one week uh, on purpose uh, due to sickness. Uh, this one is recorded, but I do need to mention that the first five minutes was not recorded. It was my mistake, but this one will probably be uh, uploaded tomorrow morning by Beam Africa. Thank you for that, Beam Africa. Uh, there was a request to clean some spam, spam accounts. I don't think we need to discuss it. I'll just take care, um, both on Twitter and Telegram. And there is a request to update Greeny Frit, but I think you kind of did it. And uh, as Alex said, it's not us, but we can try to ping the, the team and see the status. Uh, and the last question, which I cannot address, is about the possibility of uh, mineable CAs. This uh, yeah, uh, I will answer very briefly. Uh, and uh, whoever asked, please contact me directly, and we will talk more about that. Um, 
it's possible uh, with the kind of trying to understand what you mean by by mineable, uh, because like SEA is just uh, uh, you know it's just a token which can be created using any rule uh, that you want. So you can uh, encode it in, in smart contract. For example, uh, let's say you want a proof of stake, right? CA. Uh, with like creating new tokens on every I don't know uh, voting cycle that you can do that no problem you just code uh, the proof of stake logic in your contract and uh, a new CA is created every I don't know voting cycle that you define to be uh, I don't know one full day of blocks or whatever so yeah it's it's possible uh, theoretically you can even do a proof of work one uh, depending on what what your goals are yeah but you can. You can definitely create a contract that creates uh, confidential assets periodically based on some specific uh, rules. Yeah, can be. One last thing I wanted to ask real quick: What is sure. is being is being going to be doing anything about marketing this year? Because I think that's one of the biggest drawbacks. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, we we are we are, and uh, we uh, okay. So two things. First of all. Uh, what we are going to do from our side, we will take some, you know, some small amount of funds that we, we still have uh, somewhere. I'm talking like the funds outside of the beam that we just discussed. Um, and we will try to, to use them to promote uh, beam using the standard, uh, you know, channels. Uh, usually uh, whenever there is a launch, uh, or before the launch of some part of the product, let's say before the launch of DEX, we were doing a PR push, uh, which is uh, kind of a uh, press release that we prepare and it's being uh, promoted uh, in several uh, medium-sized uh, crypto uh, outlets. Uh, Coindesk uh, will only write about us if something really bad happens, so we don't want that. Uh, or, or maybe we do, but I don't know. Anyway, um, that's the first part. The second part, if you are uh, seeing or encountering any conferences, uh, AMAs, um, uh, I don't know, talks, whatever online events that we can participate in, uh, please let us know um, whenever you encounter them. Uh, because sometimes we do miss events, like you know, something that could have been registered, uh, especially events that are uh, related to privacy. Uh, or like any other topics that uh, uh, lie within our kind of expertise. Yeah, definitely do that. Needless to say that like if you see just a group of people who would like to learn about you know privacy online, like privacy in the blockchain or, or BIM specifically, uh, we can also organize these kinds of AMAs uh, in different communities, like no problem. So bring this to us as much as you can, and we will try to uh, participate and spread the word. I would say I would add on top of that, both in terms of marketing and also integration, like what uh, Dirty Rusky just mentioned. It's amazing yeah. how we're looking into it, and like we are looking for these kind of connections. Like We'll be active, we'll be with you along the way, so if you're a member of other community and you see a good poten potential to, for collaboration, just bring this to our table. Okay, so uh, this will conclude our space today. Thank you very much for everyone joining. It's been great. Uh, and we will see you next week. Uh, yeah. Stay safe.
See you guys. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Bye. Thank you. Good night. Bye bye. Bye bye.